You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome once more to this, the Catholic Exchange Podcast. We're in Tuesday, the fifth week of Lent, Passion Tide. We're almost at the home stretch, my friends. Till we can finally celebrate Easter, Lent will be done. Hope your Lent is going very well. I hope you've been able to stick with your commitments and you've been having a blessed Lent. Today I wanted to go ahead and bring to you, this is uh, from Father George Rutler's book, Hints of Heaven. Hints of Heaven is a fantastic little book from Father Rutler that goes through all of the parables, I mean, literally all 24 of Christ's parables, and gives you a meditation and an explanation for each one. Father Rutler is probably one of the best preachers living in our times. He has degrees from Oxford, from Rome, from Hopkinton all over the place. He, he's a pastor down in New York, so he actually still works as a pastor despite his great education. And thus, he has a great insight to be able to tell us what goes on within these parables. This one is a short one. You can find it on Catholic Exchange today. It's called The Prodigal Son, The Parable of Parables. That's published today on Catholic Exchange if you want to read along. You can also pick up the book. Each chapter is very short, but the magic of Father Rutler is he's able to say a lot in very few words. So here we go. The Parable of Parables by Father George W. Rutler. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad, for this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Chartres is the cathedral of cathedrals, and here is the parable of parables. Nothing is wanted in the other parables. All are from the lips of the Lord. As one's taste in a certain mood might prefer Cologne or Siena to Sartre, so one might prefer to make a point with the parable of the lost sheep or the lost coin. Those last two parables, followed by the prodigal son, form a triad of responses to the pharisaic charge. This man receives sinners and eats with them. And yet a testimony of since declares that the prodigal son to be evalgium in evangelo, the gospel within the gospel. Its deceptive simplicity will greatly frustrate anyone who thinks he could invent something like it. Try to replicate its spiritual architecture and you will probably end up with something more like Los Angeles than Chartres. More powerfully and completely than whole libraries of sacred theology, the prodigal son speaks to our mortal mind and heart about why God created mankind and chose to give himself to us. By Mosaic law, the elder son received a double portion of the patrimony, and so the younger son in this parable was content with the one-third of the estate he was provided, and that was provided he could have it immediately. There's nothing coy about our Lord's tone. The father is God, and the sons are shades and shavings of the human soul. The impetus son uses his free will. This is not quite what Chesterton had in mind when he wrote, If a thing is worth doing, it is worth doing badly. If the free will is worth exercising, the poverty and degradation that ensues certainly show that the younger son had done his freedom quite badly. We are prodigies by grace and prodigals by abuse of grace. In the parable, the final degradation, really a mockery, is to feed pigs. The Levitical Code does not see pigs as animal farm, clever, or three little pigs, cute. Under Jewish law, Pigs are as repulsive as a contagion, and the prodigal son has to feed them, which is even more demeaning than eating them. He finally converts to moral reason when he is tempted by hunger to eat what the pigs eat. 
We cannot easily sense that the impact this image had on the Pharisees and scribes, but before they could do more than raise their eyebrows and suck in their breath, Christ summons all the instruments of his rhetorical symphony. A moral sun shines, and the sun prophesies the Catholic act of contrition. He is heartily sorry for his sins. He will confess what he has done against heaven and his Father. He does penance by making the journey home from the far country of shattered illusions, and he will amend his life, volunteering as one of his Father's hired servants. When Jesus describes the Father running out to meet the Son with compassion and joy, you can already see the wounds in his hands and the light of the resurrection dawning behind him. Your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. In my confessional, I have an engraving of Tiepolo's painting of this scene. The actual scene is lived out every hour of every day in the confessionals of Catholicism. The son receives a robe and a ring, and a feast as tokens of status fully restored. The sacrament of reconciliation does not just patch us up. It restores the luster of baptismal dignity. The tragic phrase in the parable is not about the prodigal's debauchery. It is from the elder who cannot bring himself to call his brother his brother. The music and dancing of the world redeemed is to him profane and a minstrel show. He speaks to his father icily of your son. The father's reply thaws by gently calling him technon, or child. The risen Christ will intensify that by calling the bewildered apostles padeia, little children. Child, he tells them, this, my son, is your brother. Your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. St. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, learned this mercy and said of sinners, You ought rather to forgive them and comfort them, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Overmuch sorrow. It is a lovely expression we owe to the translators commissioned by King James and it is also a cruel and haunting thing in fact. Uh, the modern age, which, like the prodigal son, wanted everything modo, now, is still scrambling out of its fatal pigsty. Overmuch sorrow pulls its victims back down. Overmuch sorrow makes it hard to go home from the faraway land that outmoded ideas and illusions. Overmuch sorrow makes the door of the confessional heavy to open, for fear that a voice inside will be as hard and cold as the shrill modern sirens that led so many to physical and mortal death. But when the door is open, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. That once more was from Father Rutler. We call this article The Prodigal Son, The Parable of Parables, and it's from Hints of Heaven by Father George W. Rutler. You can find that book from Catholic Exchange and also SophiaInstitute.com. It's available. It's, let's take a look. It's on sale right now. For fourteen ninety five, it's also available by paperback or ebook, whatever you prefer to read it on. Each chapter is just like that. It's quick to read, but they're full of nice little treasures that give you an idea of what Christ was talking about in the parables. And that is what we have today. This message is with the prodigal son. The message really is to all of you, whether you're already home or whether you've wandered off into a faraway land, it's time to come home. So wherever you are, my friends, your confession is there. And it is time to come home. So even if your Lent has not been the best of Lents, if you screwed it all up, that's fine. It's okay. Forgiveness is there after penance, and you can come home anytime and be received anew. And that is really why this is the parable of parables. 
I hope you all are having a great Lent. Do what you can with these last two weeks. Really make it count. You're in the last few steps of the race, so you might as well keep running. If you've fallen behind, if you've messed up on some of your commitments, you can always start new. So now's a good time, my friends. Once more, my name is Michael J. Litchens. God love you. Have a wonderful day.